Hey Rebel, welcome to Untoxify Your Relationship. Here we will talk about all things healthy and how to get that toxic mess out of you and your partnership. I'm your host, Melissa Webb, a practicing licensed mental health therapist with 10 years experience. I've been on a journey encouraging women to throw the middle finger up at society and to become a rebel, to go against the grain of who and what you are supposed to be and grow into what God has created you to be. And I do this by teaching them skills to cultivate stronger relationships through healthy theology and mental health practices. All right, let's go ahead and hop into it. Hello and welcome. This is episode six. And today we are going to talk about self-control. On Saturdays, me and my son, we have movie night. On this particular Saturday, we watch Angry Birds. You know, it's a game. It turned into a movie. It's a cute little kid movie. And we watched it. Uh, One part in particular in the beginning, Red, that's the red bird if you play the game. He's running through the forest and trying to make it to a residence because he was hired to be a clown. He gets there late and the parent of the kid goes in on Red, says some mean things and really talks bad about him. Red, in return, gets angry and he smushes the cake in the parent's face, goes off on him. And in the process of him being angry, he slips on a piece of cake, lands Indy in the egg, hatches the egg, and um, and then the parents take him to court. In court, the judge orders him to go to anger management class. Okay, you're like, what does this have to do with me? Actually, this has a lot to do with humans because us as humans we also get angry and we do the same things that red did we end up you know smushing cake in people's faces going off on people getting mad even sometimes getting violence you know this world is very violent it's all because someone got angry and didn't know how to control their anger when someone lacks control they are allowing their emotions to control them And like I said, that can look like a lot of different things. So instead of you being in control of yourself, you're allowing anger, frustration, irritability, anxiousness to control you rather than you controlling it. I know someone, sweet guy, but when he gets angry, I don't even know who he is. He is a completely different person. And of course, I've talked to him about this and he's just like, this is who I am. And I get angry, that's that's just what I do. You can definitely tell the difference between the two people. One person is being controlled by anger and the other person is controlling himself. And And it's literally two different people. When you are controlled by your anger, you are a different person. You're not the same person who you are when you're controlling the um, controlling your emotions. What we're going to look at today, we're going to look at what is self-control. We're going to talk about emotions, particularly those unpleasant emotions. And um, we're going to talk about three ways we can manage our emotions and gain more self-control. So self-control is the ability to control oneself, in particular, one's emotion and desires or the expression of them in one's behavior, especially in difficult situations. When we're in difficult situations, we should display self-control, not the other way around. 
The Bible talks about self-control in a number of ways. In Galatians, Paul talks about self-control being a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit basically is the results of the Holy Spirit presence in Christian lives. Proverbs also talks about self-control. It says, a man without self-control is like a city broken in two and left without walls. And that is Proverbs 25th chapter 28 verse. So I've talked about walls in the city before. So Back in the day, cities were surrounded by a really tall wall, and that was their defense. If a city didn't have walls, they were defenseless, and any enemy can come in and take over the city easily without walls. So let's go back to the verse. The verse says, a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So basically, a man without self-control is defenseless. There's no way to protect himself or herself from the enemy. Peter also warns Christians um, about the enemy by saying, be sober or be self-control. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And that's first Peter fifth chapter eighth verse. In other words, if you lack self-control, you leave a doorway open for the enemy to come in and destroy relationships. If you are self-controlled, you be more vigilant and you be able to close that door, so to speak, for the enemy to come in. So those people who lack self-control, you leave your door wide open for the enemy to come in and to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his whole MO and that's what he does. So let's gain self-control in order for the enemy not to come in and destroy things in your life. Now, when it comes to emotions, I want you all to realize that emotions are not good or bad. When we start labeling emotions, that label can then come on you. So, for example, if you're feeling anger and you think anger is a bad emotion, then when you feel it, you're going to be like, ooh, I'm a bad person because I feel this bad emotion. And we're not going to start labeling emotions because then you start labeling yourself. And then that means we start coming into shame. A shame spiral is not what we want to get into because it's hard to get out of a shame spiral if you don't know how to get out of it. Think of emotions as a guide. I went to Amsterdam a couple of years ago and I went to the Anne Frank Museum. I'm a huge history buff. I used to teach history in middle school and high school. Took a lot of history classes. I was a political science major in college. So I know a lot about history. So when I found out it was an Anne Frank Museum in Amsterdam, I was on it and I was like, yes, I'm going. So I went there and I had a tour guide. The tour guide was able to guide us around the museum and give us a deeper meaning and understanding of Anne Frank, her life and World War II. Cool thing about the museum, it was the same place where the family stayed um, during the war upstairs in the attic where they had to be quiet. So we got we got a chance to go upstairs where the family stayed. It was really eerie. <laughs> the energy was off. It was weird. However, it was still, it was like, I'm standing in history. So that's the history nerd in me. If I didn't have a tour guide, I'm sure I still would have learned some things. If I just would have 
walked around and read the the plaques or the the pictures and you know the little writing underneath the pictures and stuff like that but having a tour guide made it so much easier and they were able like I said to take me deeper I have a deeper understanding of Anne her family and the war same thing with emotions emotions are like tour guides if you really hone in to your emotions you'll be able to figure out something deeper instead of just saying oh i'm angry and you're acting out on anger you'll be able to say huh what's a deeper meaning of this anger what does this come from when did this start why am i always angry when this situation always happens So instead of just acting on your anger, you'll be able to ask the emotion questions and get a deeper understanding of why this emotion comes up in certain situations. So those tough emotions, we don't call them tough or unpleasant emotions. Those emotions can look like anger, fear, sadness, loneliness, insecurity, feeling rejected, inferior, inadequate, jealousy, or selfishness. I can go on and on and on and on. But those are like those unpleasant feelings that usually leads to people losing their cool. They end up lashing out on people and doing some things that can hurt relationships. One tool that we use in cognitive behavior therapy, it's called the Thoughts, Feelings, Actions Triangle. And I believe I talked about this in the earlier episode where your thoughts influence your feelings and your feelings, feelings then influence your actions. And this triangle helps you to get a better understanding of the emotion, why it comes up, what were you thinking when the emotion came up, and then the actions that follow after that. There's usually an event that triggers this triangle. Think about a time when you felt the emotion. Ask yourself these questions in order to get you around this triangle. What was the event? That's the first one. Second, when the event happened, What were you thinking? Third, how did you feel when that thought came up? And fourth, what did you do because of that feeling? So this will help you to get around a triangle. So if you think of an event and you notice the feeling right away, you can write down the event, you can write down the feeling. You you don't have to answer these questions in order, you can ask them out of order. So if you think of the event, then you have a feeling, and then you can answer the other two by um, going back to what were you thinking when that feeling came up? And okay, and then I did this action. By doing the triangle and asking yourself these questions, you'll be able to get a better understanding of why you react the way you did and the thoughts and the feelings that came with that reaction. So here are three ways to kind of help us move into self-control. The one is know your triggers. And that's the whole point of the thoughts, feelings, action triangle. Because by doing that, it will help you in knowing what your triggers are. I had to do this for myself. Yes, I know I'm a therapist and yes, I'm human. (laughs) And I too have an issue with popping off at the mouth. So I have a mouth on me, always had a mouth on me since my earliest remembrance. I remember saying something crazy to my mom because she made me mad and I thought I was going to die. I'm surprised I'm still alive today. Um, but I have a slick mouth. I always have a comeback. I just say things without even thinking about them sometimes. And as I've gotten older and been in relationships, I noticed that 
I can go off with with the quickness and can say some slick ass shit (laughs) to some people. And so in my last relationship, I noticed I did this a lot. I had to ask myself, when do I blow up in the conversation? When is it that all of a sudden I stop thinking about what I'm saying and words just come out of my mouth. And so when I asked myself this question, some things came up. First thing was when I feel frustrated, when I'm sleepy. And my big one is when I'm not feeling seen or heard. This is when I started popping off at the mouth, y'all. And it was kind of enlightening because I was like, oh, snap, that's true. And I, I can literally go back to many conversations when I made someone mad or pissed someone off. That, that's what was going on. I was either frustrated, sleepy, or not feeling seen or heard. So that's how I figured out what my triggers were. You can do the same thing. Ask yourself, when do I blow up in a conversation? When is it when... I lose self-control and I let the emotion take over me and I end up doing harmful things in a relationship. The second thing after that, I set boundaries with myself and others. So once I figured out what my triggers were, I was able to set boundaries. So again, this is a question I ask myself. I encourage you to ask yourself as well. What do I need to do when I'm feeling this way. So what do I need to do when I'm feeling frustrated? Or what do I need to do when I'm feeling sleepy or not feeling seen or heard? Well, if you're in the middle of a conversation, uh, which for me, that was the case. Uh, if I'm in the middle of a conversation, I just need to stop the conversation. It's been plenty of times when I was having a conversation. I just said, stop. Mm-mm, nope, we can't keep going. Because if we keep going, I'm going to cuss you out. Y'all, Lord's still working on me, but I'm just glad. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm able to have this like almost red light go off in my head and I'm able to say, stop. No, we can't keep going because I'm going to cuss you out. And then I say, hey, I really want to talk about this. I do, but I need to calm down. I feel like you need to calm down and we can talk about this at another time when both of us are calm because right now I'm not I'm not in a good space to do this and that usually helps and then we set a time and then we talk about it at that time if the time comes and I'm still in a in a funky mood or I'm sleepy because I might not have gotten no sleep the night before then I can I can still say hey you know what I didn't get enough sleep let's postpone you're in control of this right because you're in control of your emotions and you're not going to let your emotions take over if you're in a space where you're not in the middle of a conversation let's say your partner comes in and they want to have a conversation with you check in with yourself ask yourself is this a good time for me to have a conversation especially like those tough conversations let's say your partner comes in he had a hard day at work and you're like whoo i had a hard day at work too i'm not in a space to really talk about that express that and just say hey not in the space. Again, schedule another time for it to happen. I do want to hear your thoughts. Can we schedule, you know, in the morning to talk about this over coffee? It's really simple. That's how you set boundaries and create healthier relationships. The third thing is praying and going to therapy. Something you can pray for, ask for wisdom. Solomon did this in the book of Kings and he asked for wisdom and he was the wisest king. Matter of fact, kings from all over came to hear him talk and to gain knowledge from him. And he also wrote Proverbs. I'm pretty sure he wrote that Proverbs about um, the man who doesn't have self-control. 
And then also pray and ask God to help you manage emotions and to have self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. So it's in you. We're always fighting some sin, right? That's our flesh. And we know that the Holy Spirit guides us and helps us grow to be more like Christ. So if you pray and ask God like, hey, I want to have more self-control. I want to be more self-disciplined. And you pray and get closer to God and, you know, abide in his word and abide in him. He will give it to you willingly. But this also takes time. So also with that, you may need to go to therapy to learn the tools. Tools can be going to anger management. Tools can be as simple as this thoughts, feelings, action triangle. Tools can be reading a book, going to group, um, and also going deeper to figure out, yo, when did this anger start? When did this anxiousness start? And then getting to the root of the cause and being able to heal some some wounds that hasn't been healed before. I'm telling you, therapy is a good thing. So be okay with going and be okay with experiencing that growth and healing. I'm gonna leave you with one last Bible verse and it is 1 Corinthians 13, four through eight, a very popular scripture. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres. Love never fails. The reason I leave you with that is because God is love. And the closer you get with God, the more of those attributes of love will come out of you. Uh, One of them was love is not self-seeking. It's not easily anger. It keeps no record of wrong. And if we continue to move closer to God and experience his love, then in return, we would want to express that love to others. And with that comes self-control. Remember, God is love. God commands us to love each other as if we love ourselves. So get that self-love so you can love others and love God the way God wants us to love people. That's it. That's all I got for today. Go ahead, like, subscribe, love this, rate it, share it with a friend, share it with your sister, your brother, your cousin, your auntie, your uncle, and all the people. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you learned something today and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening. Go ahead and share this episode with your family and friends. Don't forget to take the quiz on my website to figure out which Beyonce song matches your toxic trait. Go ahead and check it out at the-revolution.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-B-E-L-U-T-I-O-N.com. Thanks and see you next time.